right. How are we all doing? Thank God we managed to get this going. Uh, technology may not be one of my strong points, guys. Sorry for keeping you waiting in the in the green room. That's all right. Like it's it's amazing at the moment how much we use it, and every now and then we sure. can't use it. <laughs> we think we are good at it, and then when it comes to the crunch, sometimes it just gets the better of us. Yeah. All right. Well, look uh, for anybody watching on LinkedIn. Thank you for joining us. I've done a few different uh, episodes on LinkedIn Live now of different places around the world. The usual LA, Sydney, um, and a couple of other places where we talk a lot about. Um, and Claire's been saying, why aren't you talking about Newcastle? So here we are. Exactly. Here we are. So uh, Claire, uh, walk us through, walk us through the, just, just, just a little bit on your on your company and how it came about? Yeah, so six years ago, um, um, two recruiters from a tier one company just, um, you know, wanted to jump off the cliff um, and um, do it themselves. So, yeah, Monica and I started Monica Claire Recruitment in her house. Um, and, um, yeah, fast forward six years, Monica actually left the business um, in December um, and Simon became uh, my new shareholder. And business partner, and um, yeah, it's really exciting. We're 20 staff. Um, we've really evolved. Um, we're one of the largest recruitment firms in in the Newcastle Hunter Valley region. So, yeah, love what's what we do. And what's a tier one company for anybody who's who's like, what what's she talking about? I guess we're talking about the Hayes and the Hudsons and those kind of companies here. Yeah. Um, so I'd say 80% of our staff have come from tier ones. So, so the big boys, the global. Yeah. I guess recruitment firms and joined us. And so, yeah, predominantly everyone's got about 15 years experience here minimum. Um, so, yeah, we, we love what we do and we've been doing it for way too long to do anything else. <laughs> I, I understand how that goes. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a choice. In them. That's right. <laughs> yeah. it, it, so, um, tier one company, what, what, what was it? What is it about people saying in, in those companies that you like? Look, I think, um, I don't know, like it's it's a pretty tough environment. I mean, it's, you know, they whip you with KPIs and you, know, you, you get trained incredibly well. Um, there is there is a part that you don't get trained in that you'll only find, you know, in boutiques, I find, I believe. But mm. um, I think the training in the tier ones are great. And I started when I was 26 years old. I'm 46 now. And so, um, and yeah, I, I'll, never, I'll never not be thankful for the amazing experience that I got. And I guess they're very good at like with Hayes, they gave me a five year visa to work in London. So that was an amazing experience that you wouldn't you know, get with other companies. And um, yeah, look, you're surrounded by, you know, pretty hungry recruiters that work damn hard. And um, majority of them, you know, it's a bit of a younger environment. Majority of them, you know, don't have kids. And so you work hard and play hard and you're out every night drinking and back the next day to work another 10 hour, 12 hour day. And you keep going, so it's a really fun environment. You meet a lot of great mates. It's that intense. I think Dalton. There you go. It's it's the intensity that you kind of get assimilated in from the early days. I think that's kind of key. Mm. What did Very you say, so. Simon? There, sorry. Yeah, so I was saying, um, you know, it, it's like Claire said, the T one environment creates a really good training platform. But you know, in our in our world, it's probably not so much the cookie cutter approach. We have a you know, it, 
probably allows you to be more creative and more flexible in your recruitment offering and 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 how you you know you know provide your services as an experienced recruiter. So we can challenge the status quo a little bit more, and we can do things a little bit differently to really look after both our candidates and clients. Well, I suppose the other thing is you know, the, the client's not dealing with a new person every quarter, every, like, because mm. you guys have, like, yeah. longevity. How, how does that, how, how does how, how does all that work internally when, when, when you're, when somebody joins you from, from one of those big farms? They, do you have to kind of, like, go, okay, you've escaped Scientology now, we're a nice place. <laughs> You're, you're an adult. You're going to get treated like that. Well, like, what does that what does that look like for setting expectations? Look, I think um, I think there's always, hey, this is the the our way. So learn our way. It's a little bit different. Um, but once you've learned our way, um, we're absolutely going to give you the autonomy and ability to make decisions as long as you're in line with our ethics and values of our business. But that first six months is always, you know, you're still learning our way, which is different. Yeah. Um, and I feel, you know, confident it's better. Um, yeah, and um, so. I mean, once you get 15 years of recruitment, you, you, you know, you do have a different approach to, I, 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 I think back to when I was 26, 27, and the kind of calls that I had with clients, I kind of cringe a little bit. Um, but you have to go through that. You have to learn that. You have to develop. Um, but now we have just such good conversations. So I, I guess when people come into our business, yeah, they, they learn our way, but then we just let them fly. And um, they might come and say, hey, can I do this? And I'll say, if that's in line with our values, you go for it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, what would you say, can you, can you identify what that thing is? What, what your way is? Is there is there something in the in the process or the, like? What? Well, I guess we mostly work on a retained model. Um, so I know from my experience at um, Hayes, I never worked retained. Yeah. Um, it was all contingent. It was all PSAs. It was all high volume, low margins. It was all, you know, and, um, you know, not all of it, but I'm just saying majority of the time you always were one of two recruiters working on a job or one of three recruiters. So we we, we work exclusively. We work in partnership. We work on a retained yeah. model. And and it's great because, you know, you're going to get an outcome. So you work harder for it. So, so you're a bit more qualitative than... Because because they've paid you up front, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and you, you know you, you can't you can't just wake up one day and go, oh, I'm going to give up on that job because you've taken money from someone. So you got to deliver. That's right. I mean, Simon joined our business. Like we, I mean, don't get me wrong, we weren't that way the whole time. But COVID happened. We lost seventy percent of business overnight. Um, Simon had joined our business, and he mostly works in the executive market, and um, and all he worked was retained. We all started looking at him going, why don't we work like that? Like, what are we doing working this contingent way? We want to work like that. Um, so very quickly, within, I reckon, eight months, we really trained our clients to say, no, we're not going to work with you like that anymore. We lost some. Um, but so, but the outcome, like the stability and the way we work with our clients is, um, and, the, you know, we love it because, it, as yeah. I said, it's a real partnership. It's about customising the experience to each client to give them what they're looking for in a service that's tailored to them yeah. versus this is the way we do things. We have a very strong methodology in what we do, but we really want to position ourselves to give them that experience that makes them feel comfortable and gives them results. Mm. And Simon, what was that like for you, like helping transition a contingent focused business 
yep. to a different way of thinking. Like that must have been a real challenge. I suppose the, 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 the luxury I had was a, a business that I joined at the time that really were happy to really excited to embrace that. Um, it, it's interesting because, you know, when you've worked contingent your career and then suddenly we're talking about a retainer model, it was a bit of a shift. And um, but but what happened was um, everyone could see not only the value that it gave them as recruiters, but also the results and the connection it gave them to their clients and the results that that provided. And we quickly saw that really grow across all of our divisions and clients then came back to us asking for that service to be repeated. And it was a really, you know, great experience to see that. And I, I would say relationship strengthening as well. Yeah, but I, I would say some of our recruiters would like, my clients will never work that way. Mm. Like I work in construction, they'll never yeah. work that way. There's no way. Um, and it took some, some of them, they just couldn't get their heads around it. Um, and as I said, it was an eight-month process of, you know, really talking about it every second week, going, come on, guys, what are your objections? What's happening out there? And then when we got down that road at the end of the eight months, those ones that were saying, no way, they were like, this is so much better. I yeah. used to work on 15 to 20 jobs. I'm now working on between eight to 10, and I'm filling all of them, you know, like, so have I just frozen? No, I think we're good. No, there we go. <laughs> um, See, so I think I have. It's all right. It's, it just, just carry on. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so filling a hundred percent of jobs, and we were filling forty percent of jobs before, and working on so many more. Yeah. So, it's such a good outcome. Like, it's, it's, yeah. And clients know that too. We will, we work with our clients, and we work with them very exclusively. We want to give them the best service and the best access to the market, and for that, we will, you know, very much be particular about you know, with the way we work and who we're working with so that we can make sure that we can deliver yeah. on expectations. What, what what interests me about you guys is you're quite happy to take yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, and I've seen that from from you from working with Charlotte and having 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 her challenge you on different elements. You, you seem to have developed a, a culture of continuous improvement in, in your business. When, when did you start really thinking of, about that? You've been in business for like six years. Did you have a great run? And then was COVID like a real time to reshape like the like all the things internally? Or look, I think um, I think you know when when I first started the business, I knew that I was a great recruiter, but I had no idea about running a business. So you just yeah. have to be really honest. Like I'm really good at this. I have no freaking idea about that. Um, and um, for majority of the time, for I reckon five years out of the six years, I was on a desk, still trying to run a business, you know, and um, and then I think it's that real shift in the last, I mean, COVID really shook things up, but I think as we grew um, and Simon became an owner in the business and we hired Crystal Parker as our recruitment leader, so she manages the whole consulting team and just really getting that really good structure in the business just freed us up to go, okay, what next? What do we want to do? Um, so we've been really good at attracting amazing recruiters. Um, so we've had amazing success in the last six years of very strong business. But it's like, okay, 
what's next? We just, I don't know, we just want to keep going. Like, yeah. And Charlotte's been amazing. Like, she's a good, kick, you know, butt kicker. That's right. Um, she asked all the right questions to, to make you go, shit, I have no idea about that and I should. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, it's been really enjoyable um, working with her. Yeah, because, like, because you reached out to me and you are like, oh, I, I like the sound of your mastermind program. And I was like, you're too big. Um, but... I can give you something that's tailored towards it, but you're going to have to be able to take a slap or two along the way. Are you sure? Yeah. You want to go this road? So. That's right. And it's, that's and it's been right. funny. We've, we had to get it right because at first our sessions were like 8 p.m. at night and we'd be like exhausted and having glasses of wine um, and Charlotte be like, you know, 8 a.m. and having a cup of coffee. And, um, you know, so we had to like get it right with the timing a little bit. Um, but, you know, it's been really good. It's been a really great experience because it, like you said, Dalton, you're asking about, you know, you know, us and our business. Like, I think in combination of going through Charlotte and getting us to really push us and take us out of our comfort zone, I think in addition to that, um, COVID really, you know, made us probably rethink a lot of things too because we, we were put in positions we never thought we'd be in. Yeah. So it made you really challenge a lot of what you do as a business and how you can challenge that moving forward to really provide a really solid platform. But it, all, it also gave us oxygen. Like it yeah. gave us time. Yeah. Um, and we also so. realized when that was over, we'd <clears throat> never have that time again. So let's not regret not taking right. advantage of this oxygen and time to really think, you know, so what are I we doing? Is, uh, objectively, and you, you, like you, you've got like a lot of retained stuff got a lot of experienced hires now is the temptation now not to be able to use all those people and then grow around them with entry-level entry-level recruiters now that you've got it up to this stage and maybe do it slightly different to the way that the tier ones do it is that is that the next plan of the roadmap it's a really good question um i mean to tell you the truth in the last two years, I think it's been incredibly hard to find good staff very in our industry. Yeah. Very, very challenging. And, um, you know, it's we have an amazing success rate of hiring up really solid recruiters coming into our business and then they stay with us and absolutely love it. And we haven't had a big success rate bringing people in who've never been in the recruitment industry. And they kind of get in here and just go, whoa, it's really different. And it's a really high-performing team and I'm not sure... I'm not sure. I think some, it's yeah, like Claire said, some people come in and I've seen it where they have really strong aspirations about recruitment and realise it's actually, it's quite challenging. And and and, 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 and you see these cycles where people, um, you know, they, they work for that first six to 12 months and it, it dictates their own success and their own appreciation for the industry moving forward. Um, but also, I think coming out of the T1s and working with a lot of juniors, I think our clients really expect knowledge, consulting, advice, um, and that just comes with years of experience. So I think we've, our model is more mature. Like we're looking yeah. for people with that minimum of five years in experience, probably not bringing the green ones in and really spending those years because our whole team's so busy that time needed to invest in training. I don't know, we probably, yeah, I mean, and I can see how that would be successful and probably financially good to to, to mm. bring some juniors in and, and you know, yeah. the salaries. Salaries for really experienced recruiters, you know, they're pretty high at the moment. 
and you would know, Dolce, how challenging it is to find talent. It's you know, in, let alone in recruiters. Like it has been a really challenging market. Yeah, and look, I mean, if you're going to ride off into the sunset at some stage, you're going to need to do it. So it's it's giving up that. Hey, I've, I've created something amazing. To how how do how do I go through all this pain? Make it worth some of these people's while to have exponential growth because it's too expensive to keep acquiring talent from overseas or or regionally. So it's uh, you, we all we all we see it that that uh, to get to twenty. To get from 12 to 20 and to get them profitable super hard if they're all experienced. So it's a, how, how do you get from 20 to 50 to 60 is, yeah. it's, it's the multiplication, isn't it? So uh, it's, it's a wonderful position to be in though, right? Yeah. And, and look, I think, you know, we're developing our blueprint at the moment and really getting that online training system set up. So lots of videos, you know, trying to make it really streamlined. We're looking at opening, you know, an office or two in the next 18 months um, in different areas of Australia. So, um, but you're right, you have to, you have to build it with juniors and seniors. You know, we definitely do need to go down that path. Um, it's a, uh, yeah, it's tricky to get, it's tricky to get right, especially when you have things work it. It's always painful, even hiring right. like experienced hires. I'm going to hire, I'm going to hire two people and, and move somebody around internally. And I know that it's like, cause we're only small business, but I know that that's going to be like six months yep. of, of a bit of pain and then it's worth it. And, and then you get something right, then you get something right. And then it, something changes, someone moves. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's like Tetris for adults sometimes. Yeah. Like it feels like. Yeah. Will, will you set up a Sydney office? No, we're not, we're actually not interested in, in Metro. We're interested in the regional areas, huge growth opportunities. Uh, cause Sydney's just, very saturated. It's absolutely saturated. And I think for our business, the, the, the <clears> difference <throat> is, because I've worked in Sydney, I've worked in London, I've worked in Canberra, and I've worked in Newcastle. Um, and and what I love about Newcastle is um, you really get that partnership and loyalty. And Sydney can be a little bit more transactional, um, a little bit more like London. It, it, is, it is a bit more transactional. Um, so we love the regionals. We love partnering. We love developing those relationships with businesses that just stick with you and they don't, you know, yeah. go chasing around other firms. So, um, you know, we're looking at, um, you know, potentially um, just outside Sydney and Wollongong and then up in Queensland. Okay. Um, so when you, when you look at, I suppose there could be somebody watching this, I actually spoke to somebody that would be perfect for you. Um, and who, who's the profile that's in the UK that, like that, that would be right for, for you guys? Like we, if you were to visualize who, who that person is, maybe they're watching this, maybe, maybe like we're able to approach them from this, like, what does that person look like? You play reverse on yourself, don't you really? Yeah. Um, look, I just reckon a real go-getter, like hungry, um, wants to earn good money, wants to have fun. I mean, we just hit our, um. We just hit our stretched target last month, I mean, last year, um, for the year, and we're taking the whole team to the Palazzo Versace in Queensland for two nights, flying up, um, five-star hotel. We've got a massive weekend organised. So, you know, I guess we love to have fun. I reckon this is the best culture, you know, I've ever worked in, in cohesion. 
worked in businesses before in recruitment where everyone competes against each other. No one competes against each other here. Everyone uplifts, shares, gives candidates. And, and as a result, everyone's just really successful. And as, as I said, they're earning really good money, having a really fun time, and we love spoiling them. And yeah, and we're- So I, I guess a go-getter, like someone that just wants to get in and be surrounded by amazing if mentors. Were, if you were to be moving with a family, is it affordable to be able to work for you and like rent a house, for example? Like, you know, in Sydney, like, it's, it's, crazy it's, yeah if you were to move with the family like say you had two kids and stuff um you're in your mid-30s that sydney moves super tough isn't it compared mm. to maybe a regional area yeah that that's look um you're right Dolph. sydney and the metro markets very um can be very pricey that's one of the benefits of newcastle it's a regional market but it's got a metro feel to it so you're not paying the same prices as what you're on sydney mind you there is a a, a significant rental and accommodation shortage in Australia at the moment. Um, um, but it's just not affordable. But it's Sydney, just not affordable. Sydney, especially yeah. with a family. So if you want to live there with a family and you want even just the basic costs of living in Sydney versus Newcastle, it is very, very different. And it becomes a very, and that, look, Claire and I were talking about this earlier today. It's hard to keep track of how many people um, in general, what we hear from every week wanting to move out of Sydney or Melbourne and move to Newcastle and you know make that transition because it's more affordable it connects you to the beach it's got a nice lifestyle here but you're not paying those metro prices yeah yeah so and, and we we actually relocate a lot of people from sydney to newcastle for our jobs and they're in their 30s they're just starting to have you know they're up to their second child and they've just got to that point where we can't do sydney anymore let's go to newcastle and newcastle's only an hour and a half from sydney you know we've got an airport that, yeah and we've got a we've got an airport that's got direct flights to Queensland, Gold Coast, you know, Melbourne. You can be in Melbourne in an hour. You can, you know, like yeah. So like it's just this. And also on the side of Newcastle, we've got like one of the best Australian wine regions. Um, and then we're surrounded by beaches. So you know, commonly in the centre of Newcastle, people on their lunch break go for a surf. Mm. You know, like it's just this great lifestyle and. If you said to me, oh, where's that? How long does that take to get to? Everything's 20 minutes away. Mm. Like 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. So it's so it's so mm. easy. Like it takes me seven minutes to drive home. And that's in bad traffic. Yeah. <laughs> that's in a yeah. It's, <laughs> that's in peak traffic. I, I, even, like, I even have a client, Dalta, who they have a, um, a shower facility downstairs in the city because a lot of the people that work there, they might go for the beach for a surf or a sort of swim at lunchtime, come back, have a shower, get back into the office and go for it again. You know, and 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 you're not and then and it even comes to parking. Like when you get to the beach, you're not paying the same price what you pay in Sydney. And that's if you can even find a park. Um, so it's eight hundred and twenty two thousand. So it's yeah. a big it's it's the biggest yeah. regional in Australia. Biggest regional economy. So it's it's a really nice size. It's gone through the biggest construction boom. So you know there's so many more restaurants, bars, yeah. hotels. You know, is it everything. About the size of Perth. I don't know. Is it a size of Perth? No, I wouldn't say it's no. It, it, it's Perth's really stretched. It, it's stretched, but 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 when you yeah, you look at Newcastle and stretching out to the Hunter Valley where all the mines and whatnot are, it's yeah. it's quite large. But um, but as Claire said, like it's the largest regional economy in Australia. Yeah. So. And so on that, do you, do you guys have a national spread of clients, or is it quite centered around around your local region? Yeah, it, it is quite centered around this region. Like 
you know, I, I'd say 90% of our clients are within, you know, the furthest an hour drive. And what, so, type, what type of roles do you, like, recruit for a lot? Yes, yeah, so all white collar. So, you know, from engineering, construction, finance, executive, office admin, tech, marketing, HR, so all legal. kind of legal. Yep. So all white collar. Um, I'd say at this stage we are, and it's not, it's it's something that we're, we're working on, but we have been a predominantly permanent recruitment business and it's worked for us. I know that, you know, Greg Savage says you've got to have this temp, you know, foundation to your business and, you know, I guess we're, we are chasing after that temp a little bit more, but at the end of the day, it's worked for us, you know, yeah. being a perm business and focusing on that. But I suppose it's just more that if you want to, if you want to sell it, your multiple increases, if you can build up your temp business. But the, the other side is because you've got a lot of retained business, it might be that you just change the models slightly, the payment terms of that, and then you've got recurring revenue in your business and it's secure as well. So all in, all in good time, I'm sure. Um, and yeah. So, so you, you do, you do, you have industry experts across multi, multi sector in, in the regional area. And when, when, when you look at what's powering the, the local economy, it, like when I was in Perth, it was like mining and oil and gas. And like, I know in Sydney, it's like banking and FMCG and stuff. What, what is it, what is it that fuels the Newcastle economy? Like if I was to go out on client meetings, what, what type of businesses would I be, I'd be doing? It's an interesting comment, Dalton, because if you, if you rewound Newcastle 20 years ago, maybe 25 years ago now, we were renowned as a steel city and we had that was because bhp at the time the steelworks was the major yeah. um i suppose generator of revenue in the economy that shut in i think it was 99 97 99 and newcastle had to really transition itself into a, a new economy so what we've seen as part of that is there's a very strong mining sorry are you still there we're just I'm still, I'm still there, my, 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 there So there's a very strong, there has been a very strong mining market in Newcastle, but that's also supported by a number of different organisations that supply different services. So you look yeah. at the, you know, the rail industry we have here, you look at the, you know, the port construction, um, infrastructure, you know, just in terms of infrastructure investment in the regional market, large, yeah. as Claire said, the construction market's been going strong for a number of years. Um, but then there's also a big tech, gathering here as well like i've heard people say newcastle is seen as the mini silicon valley of australia there's a lot of tech companies here as well um big medical research um facilities here in newcastle um but i'm actually quite excited about what the next generation of newcastle looks like because we are um, i think globally you know looking at other markets um that we can transition into um not just coal but other markets as well and what that looks like and as a recruiter there obviously you've got a qualitative approach which you know you need for if you're, if you're getting a lot of retained work does do you have to like is it a lot of it is it for, for somebody in the uk it's very phone based sometimes so is it a lot of going out and meeting your candidates meeting your clients can you can you kind of give us an insight into into what that what that looks like on a daily basis for somebody yeah, look, I think pre-COVID, we were on the road all the time. Um, now it's really balanced. I mean, it, and it's good to mix it up because it can be so time, 
you know, precious in our jobs. Yeah. So I guess we we are doing a lot more meetings online. Um, we still meet candidates face to face. We still go out to clients face to face, but it's just not as heavy as what was before COVID. So I, you know, before you'd be on the road two thirds of the week. Now I'd say you're on the road probably a third of the week. Okay. Um, and um, and because most of our clients are, you know, just a half an hour drive at the max away, as I said, maximum an hour away, but most of them are just half an hour away. It's really easy to get there, have a coffee with them, come back. And recruiters love getting out of the office. So it's it's actually really, we, we here say it's it's up to you. We prefer getting out there. Like I love getting yeah. out of the office. So we, we do encourage it, but we do know it, it can be really good just doing some online meetings, just, you know, especially on a busy day. So you're not out of the office all day. And the beauty is, Golda, if you do drive to sick, you can drive there. It's parking isn't a problem because we have parking right in front of our office, which is a, a big bonus. You don't get that in a lot of metro markets. But if you're relying on public transport in our market, it would be a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. Um, just it's not a Sydney, it's not a Melbourne, so you don't have those levels of transport available public transport wise. So, you know, but you can. I, 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 always, find, uh, I always find like, you know, we. Like the first 18 months, it's really good to get out there and do a lot of face-to-face. -face. And then yeah. the next period of time, it's good to kind of go, okay, no, no, we've done that already. Like, if it makes sense, I'll get out. But I always, like, you, the tier ones seem to, like, put it in as a mandatory KPI. And th that can be, like, time away from, like, filling jobs and time away from, like, having that extra call that'll, that'll do, that'll really matter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our clients love it more as well because it's more time efficient for them too. So you're right. If you've met them a few times, you don't have to keep going out and saying, hi, I'm here. Let's have a quick meeting. Let's have a briefing. Let's talk about what's going on. I'll update you on the market and let's move on. So it's, it's, it is efficient, um, you know, but at the end of the day, we allow our, our consultants to make those decisions, um, you know, dependent on the situation. So, um, yeah. But they're all busy across all their markets. Like I would say every single one of our desks right now is pumping. So candidate short market. I mean, just to, you know, I guess May um, for us was our biggest um, sales month in our six years. Um, last year in that 12 months, you know, was our biggest 12 months in six years. So it's just, um, it was a very strong year, very candidate short, but, um, you know, our retained model really worked for us and, um, yeah, we really delivered. And I guess we've got consultants that know what they're doing. You know, they just don't rely on chucking a seek ad up and waiting for some responses. They've got networks, get out there, yeah. drive it, you know. And that's why I think with the experience we have and the networks we have, clients are um, very um, accepting of our, you know, our retainer model because you're really tapping into those networks and a wealth of experience that they get working with senior, you know, recruiters that have lots of experience to back up their results and i mean just to answer your question before like why would someone want to come over from the uk and work work here a all our desks are hot so it's you just walk in and there's business um and b you know like the collaboration like we you know that saying and it's champagne or razor blades everybody just pumps each other up so if you're having a bad day or having a problem with the client everyone just jumps on and helps and before you know it, problem's fixed and you get to move on. So, yeah, just just if someone's got like that three to five years experience and wants to like be surrounded by 
you know, people that can really teach them the art of recruitment. Um, it's a great place to be. In great weather, Delta. It's fantastic weather in Australia. Like, you know, at the moment, you're probably lapping it up because it's warm over there, but a summer in Australia is fantastic. Yeah. Warm weather, great beaches. Yeah. We don't want to, you wouldn't want to here at the moment unless you've got super thermal heating, internal heating. <laughs> but yeah. Nobody can sell leaving England more than me. I was dying to get out of there. So, um, yeah, no, that. Look, Australia is a once in a lifetime opportunity for people. And, you know, it's good that you're offering not the standard, hey, you're, you're a young kid, come over, party for three years. You're like, are you an adult? Are you a serious professional? Common will make you better and you can build a whole life here. I think that's a, that's a unique offering from people I speak to. So it's great. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and earn some bloody good money and have some fun, you know? Well, uh, before we go, what's going on with the hair? Oh, well, I got invited to do Dancing with the Stars, um, which is a charity event, and I got married up with a dance instructor for three months and did training every Friday night and my dance was to the genre the 80s so um, it really suited my personality and so about four weeks ago I got on the stage in front of a thousand people at the Civic Theatre in Newcastle and danced against 10 other stars and I came second um, wow. but, I know but the following week there was three of us from Monica Claire recruitment that shaved our heads for the Cancer Council and we raised $20,797. No, $20, so really proud. So, um, yeah, I've got a shaved head and they left me a little Tintin fringe. And I, had a, I, had a, I had a mohawk, but I since got that rectified. Um, um, yeah. I, I rang my barber the next day and said, I need to come and see you urgently. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was for such a great cause and we, we raised a lot of money. Yeah, it was great. It was fun. And I wanted to give up my day job. I loved being on that stage dancing to mm. the 80s. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> well, look, guys, great to, great to catch up. Um, and Thank you. Yes, Thanks for having us. Any last words to anybody thinking of uh, moving, to New moving to Australia and why Newcastle? Yeah, we've got three spare spots at the moment on the team, um, three hot desks. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, so, yeah. So, oh, well, what are they? So we've got tech, yeah. um, we've got finance, um, and executive. Okay. All right. An executive is... Senior level. Anything. Yeah, yeah. Senior okay. level, yeah, appointments in Newcastle. And, you know, we do recruit up, like, up to the East Coast, uh, up further up the East Coast as well, but um, very much in that senior market. Um, you know, general management through to C-suite. Um, it does vary. Um, yeah, so that's, you know, that's, you know, not only a, a really strong area for us, but also uh, an area that we can see a lot of growth in across our uh, yeah. business. Mm. Well done, guys. Sounds like you're on a great thing. Uh, we will repost this on the Recruiter Startup Podcast. We'll also email it out to everybody who uh, showed that they were interested on LinkedIn and out to our database as well. So uh, we've got some we've got some questions here, Delta. Yeah, let's go. Okay, go. so someone's asked, what's the process for someone looking to join from the UK? Um, so my advice is 
you know, it's 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 a bit of a process. So the way to cut through it really quickly is to go and see a migration lawyer and make sure you've got the right advice of how to apply what you need to do. We're, we're a company that we're an approved sponsorship company, so we can sponsor. So A, you need to make sure whatever business you're talking to can sponsor. Um, now the visa um, that you can get to come over to Australia, um, if you apply for that visa um, in Sydney, you only get two years. They're obviously trying to encourage you to go to regional Australia. Um, yep. If you come to Newcastle, you get five years. So, and the good thing about um, coming to um, Newcastle on that visa, which is called the 482 um, Temporary Skills Visa, um, after three years, it's a pathway to permanent residency. So, but you don't get that if you go to the metro companies, I mean, cities. So, yeah, so go and see a migration lawyer. Um, the 482 visa is the one you want. Um, and make sure you're talking to a company like us that's a registered sponsored company. Yeah, so anybody we deal with is a registered sponsored company. Um, for those under 31, and it's going to change to 35, you can start on a work and holiday visa and then you can get the sponsored visa. Um, and to, to summarize there, yeah, if, if you want to go to one of the regional locations, then the route is better in terms of that visa process. Now, if you think, oh, I'll just get a work and holiday visa, there's problems with that because you can't bring children uh, on a work and holiday visa. Um, so and you only get six months, don't you? And then you have to. Well, you get you get twelve, um, and it it is going to change and it, it extend up a little bit. Okay. But the, the the main the main thing is it, if you come with a family and all the rest, you don't get to have the proper credit rating. Um, so it works for a certain profile of. Of young person going there and getting shared accommodation but if you go with a family it's it, it's more it's more tricky you need to have you need to have that uh, that process sorted because there be, might be a husband and a wife um and one can jump yeah. on the other's visa so then yeah. if uh, if it's your husband who isn't in recruitment for example um, and you are he could jump on the back of your visa and then he could Let's say he was in mining, he could like apply for all the different companies and not worry about sponsorship. So then your income level is much better than him having to go on a work and holiday visa, you having to go on a work and holiday visa. And that can be not just husband and wife, that can be a de facto mm. arrangement as well. So uh, I think it works for same sex marriages, I'm not sure, but it definitely works if you have like a boyfriend girlfriend that can prove uh, a long-term relationship of over six months so uh, interesting fact that's how we did it when we were in australia um charlotte tried to get a recruitment job and then didn't have a degree and then she was like hey you need to go get a recruitment job to get this visa i went in got the recruitment job she jumped off the, on the back of mine worked for hayes for six months didn't like the sales stuff, ended up working for BHP, tripled her money. And there you go. And and that she was able to get that job because that visa freedom of being able yeah. to jump on a partner's yeah. visa. So anyway, I'm I'm open to having chats with anybody on on visa stuff. So feel free to reach out. Was there any other questions there? Thank you for pulling me up on. That's all right. There's somebody that's asking what to find what defines someone as good staff. Um, I think 
like you said before, that's a real go-getter who's really, um, you know, wants to really make this, you know, our business a career and really wants to have fun but earn good money but also really wants to, you know, really take their career to the next level and be able to really challenge the status quo in their recruitment career. And you have to have resilience. Yeah. You absolutely have to have resilience in our industry. Um, so, you know, being able to ride the wave. The razor blades, what do they call it? Razor blades and champagne? Yeah, so you might have a couple of tough months and then you'll have a long streak of good months, you know, and so you just got to ride it out and, um, and, and not be just focused on making a buck, but focus on really delivering good service and the money will come. So I, from a, to, to describe what that really is, so if they're professionally trained, it's going to help. So if you've come from a recognized agency where there's a set way of doing things, then we can trust that you've been trained in a certain way. If you've, sur if you've survived in that agency over a period of time and you can show that you have ridden that way, so you've got that bit of consistency, then that is also the other thing. And I think a third thing then would be, like, are you able to show that, demonstrate that on, what, on white collar, mid to senior level stuff, you can do two placements a month and you've demonstrated that over a period of time. That would be another thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. Consistency are, and yeah, yeah. And are you an expert in what you do and are you passionate about it? So mm. like, have you changed disciplines every six months or have you, have you like got really good at something? A lot of it's just like, like, can we blindly look at, at, at all those four different things and go, right. Okay. No, I just need to dig a little bit deeper. And yeah. then I think like, is, is your personal life all in order for you to live on the other side of the world? And that's a big part of the conversations I have because everybody wakes up in the wind and the rain and has a bad day and like falls out with somebody. And then they go, yeah. I, I want to move to Australia, but easier than what it is. Because one of the things that you'll find from, business owners in Australia is, and even recruiters, they're getting calls from all over the world all the time. Hey, I want to apply for that job. And, and you have to make sure like, wait a minute, have you been to Australia before? No. So, so there has to be a considered decision as well. So you have to be really good, but there has to be a really considered decision. And if you want yeah. really, to consider decision and you go there and you work the same effort that you've done in the UK, you will get rewarded more. You will have a better lifestyle. It is amazing, but it's no easier. Like, That's right. Well, they call us the lucky country, don't they? Australia, the lucky country. Well, you'll get what you put out of it. Like yep. I've right. seen a lot of people come in and not be focused. And yep. then the guys mm. who I was over were there with years ago who were focused all on their own agencies now on this side of the world and different places. And it was all from that experience of the way that we got trained in a certain qualitative way there to do the right things, to, to keep at it, to be resilient, to be away from your friends and family and just be able to be focused. And those are things that you'll get from being on the other side of the world and having that safety net away from you. So mm. it's a, mm. it's a, it's a great opportunity for the right person at the right stage. That's right. 
Yeah, exactly. No, thank you. Thank you so Thanks much for today. Us. We will, uh, we'll of course send you a copy of this. And uh, thanks. Thank for I wish you much more success. Thank you. So, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks, daughter. Bye. All right. Thank you for taking part in that. We will send you our guide to moving to Australia after this. Um, if you if you showed that you were interested in the session, if you have any questions on visas, the different cities, um, the guys at Monica Clare are going to be a great option for somebody at the right stage of their career who's an expert, who, as they mentioned, all of those things, their option is slightly different with location. If you want to go be able to afford a house and have a lifestyle and all of that, but yet earn that really good money as well and work with mature people, this will be the one for you. If you want to figure out any of this stuff on any of our locations, feel free to hit me up. I'm always available for a chat. Um, so yeah, have a great day. Talk to you soon.